Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 307. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about when money actually does buy happiness. And you're going to learn Studies that show when money makes you happier. And I think the results are really going to surprise you. I know they surprised me. And I found this really awesome article that people had done a study on money and happiness. And they provided startling results about happiness, wealth, and marriage. So I'm going to share all that with you. But first, this episode is brought to you by SaneBox. SaneBox manages the email in your inbox. As my friend and fellow podcaster Doug Goldstein said, I've been using SaneBox for years. It took a couple of weeks, but I got my inbox down to zero, where I've had complete control of my email. It has made me much more efficient and organized, and to this day, my inbox is emptied out every day, and no emails get lost. Wow, that sounds amazing to me. How does an empty email inbox sound to you? SaneBox does all that, plus it filters out the unimportant email so you can deal with it later. It sorts emails into folders like news, receipts, attachments, and more. Has the ability to sort emails that haven't been replied to. Can snooze, set reminders. Helps make email way less overwhelming and helps you get more done with less distraction. So if you're in need of getting your email inbox to zero, try SaneBox. Just go to SaneBox.com forward slash be wealthy and you'll automatically have a $20 credit applied to your account on top of a 14-day free trial. So go to SaneBox, it's S-A-N-E-B-O-X.com forward slash be wealthy like sane inbox only sanebox.com forward slash be wealthy $20 will be applied to your account plus a 14-day free trial I think it's a no-brainer you got to go get that well from time to time I find articles for you that I think are really amazing and have some great information and this was one of those articles that just caught my attention it's called when money can bring you happiness And it was written by Molly Triffin of LearnVest, and it appeared on time.com. This article I'm going to read to you, and I'm going to comment all the way through the article. As there are some interesting facts, I'm going to, you know, give my own opinion about that. But I'm going to share with you some really interesting statistics, some hardcore research that's been done about money, because it was really surprising. I mean, we hear all the time, oh, money can't buy you happiness. What does money do for you? You know, there's always kind of the skeptic about, oh, you know, there's something where money falls short. You know, there's some way that money just isn't that great. And I'm not saying money is the end-all be-all, but of course, it can go a long way to do a lot for you. So I think 
this whole argument about money can't buy happiness. Well, we actually now have some research about that, and we're going to see. Is that true or is it not true? So here is the article. You've heard the refrain countless times, money can't buy happiness, or love, or class for that matter, but a wave of new research suggests that cash can indeed increase your pleasure if you manage it the right way. In fact, the influence of money on well-being is such a hot topic that experts around the country have devoted their studies to it. We asked three researchers who spend their days delving into the ties between money and satisfaction to divulge their most intriguing revelations and explain how you can leverage their insights to get happier. Professor Michael Norton says, spend on others to be happy. A professor of business administration at Harvard Business School, Norton has an interest in the intersection between finance and personal satisfaction that stems from his diverse academic experience. After earning a PhD in psychology, Norton received a fellowship to study business at the MIT Media Lab and the Sloan School of Management. Quote, considering how much time people spend thinking about how to increase money and happiness, I wanted to figure out the relationship between the two, the co-author of Happy Money explains. I wanted to know, when it comes to how we spend, are we getting it right? Initially, Norton, age 40, uncovered that people spend most of their money on themselves. Quote, but my fellow researchers and I thought maybe this wasn't the best way, that an outsized focus on the self might be part of the reason why having more money doesn't necessarily make us happier, Norton says. To test his hypothesis, Norton designed a study in 2008 in which participants rated their happiness before being handed an envelope containing cash. Half were instructed to spend the money on a personal expense or gift for themselves. The rest were told to donate it or buy a gift for someone else. The results? Those who gave the money away reported higher levels of satisfaction, whereas those who spent on themselves weren't any happier. Curious to understand the implications, Norton conducted a few more experiments. In one, Belgian salespeople received 15 euros to spend either on themselves or on a coworker. In another, recreational dodgeball players were asked to use $20 for their own purposes or for a teammate's. Time and again, people who gave money away reported increased happiness compared with the control group. Not only that, but their performance improved. For every $10 a salesperson spent on herself, the employer reaped $3 in sales. But every $10 employee spent on coworkers translated to $52 in sales. Likewise, charitable dodgeball teams scored more goals. Every $10 spent selfishly led to a 2% decrease in wins, but $10 spent on teammates increased wins by 11%. Okay, time out. This is crazy. This is statistical evidence that happiness happens when people give money away, they're feeling happier rather than spending it on themselves. But not only that, when money is given away, the employer actually got $52 or five times the amount of money given away in additional sales versus only 3% additional sales when the salesperson spent the money on themselves. 
So a 500% return versus a 3% return. That is enormous. That's enormous. And for entrepreneurs, wow, what a great lesson that is. And then they take it to dodgeball. And for every $10 spent on themselves, they win less often by 2%. But when they spend it on the teammates, their winnings go up by 11%. Okay, there's something going on here that is hard to measure because we don't know why this is. We can't measure the why, but this is crazy, amazing evidence. And it goes along with other evidence that giving money away or giving money to charity, that that actually can increase money back to you. I've always found that to be true in my life, but I never could put any kind of scientific proof to it. But I knew that when I gave money away, more money came back to me. And a lot of the very, very wealthy give away a lot of money. And the reason they do is probably they know this too, that money comes back to them in spades when they give it away. The article goes on to say, while any degree of generosity will up your joy, some kinds of giving are more powerful than others. Quote, the closer you are to the recipient, the happier you'll be, Norton says. So buying flowers for your mom has a greater effect than, say, contributing to a stranger's Kickstarter campaign. And while the amount you spend doesn't influence your happiness, Norton says, the impact of your contribution does. For example, when it comes to charitable giving, you'll get the most bliss for your buck if you donate to organizations that create a personal link between the giver and the recipient, such as Kiva or Adopt a Child. But regardless of who you give to, try to make it a habit. Quote, the happiness surge you feel from a one-time gift eventually wears off, but people who chronically give are happier overall, Norton says. The article goes on to say, Professor Cassie McGillner says, shell out for experiences to be happy. In 2004, when McGillner was working her tail off as a marketing PhD candidate at Stanford, she perpetually found herself strapped for cash and time. Quote, in business school, there's so much attention focused on the bottom line, says McGillner, an associate professor of marketing at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School. But I realized that, for me, time felt like a much more precious resource than money. Intrigued, she began to channel her research efforts toward investigating the association between time, money, and happiness. Here were her key findings. Over the past 10 years, McGillner, 35, has found that time is a significant happiness predictor because, more so than your possessions, how you spend your spare hours reveals your interests and your unique, quote, you-ness, meaning you, Y-O-U-ness, the, you know, more of you, in other words. Just look at social media. People share photos of weddings, vacations, and delicious dinners, but you don't see many posts about trips to the mall. To that point, McGillner has also investigated how long we enjoy the mental boost that comes from temporal experiences versus material goods. Quote, we get used to a new pair of shoes very quickly. It's a phenomenon known as a hedonic adaptation, she says. So while you might be psyched about your new boots at first, Before long, they're relegated to the back of the closet. Instead of being a source of joy, they now serve a purely functional purpose. Quote, in contrast, 
We adapt more slowly to experiences, McGillner says. The way we spend time becomes a part of our memories, our personal narrative. People also tend to feel less regret after shelling out for a good time, adds McGillner. Quote, after you spend $100 on a dress, you can see the other dresses you didn't buy right there in the store, she explains. But if you spend $100 at a restaurant, you're less likely to second-guess your decision because you can't see the alternative meals you passed up. Here's how to boost your own bliss. McGillner's latest research focuses on the concept of buying more positive time, such as renting an apartment closer to work as opposed to buying a luxury car in which to commute. Quote, our lives are the sum of our experiences, so we should be supremely deliberate in spending our time in the best and happiest ways possible, she says. Her preliminary findings? People are more satisfied when they outsource a chore anyone can do, like cleaning the house or picking up dry cleaning. And when it comes to deciding how to use the time you freed up, McGillner says you can maximize your happiness by keeping a few points in mind. Quote, Activities with a social aspect have the strongest effect, she said, pointing to things like a family picnic, a concert with friends, or a date night with your spouse. Social activities increase happiness because they cultivate relationships with others, and having strong, stable connections with others is the most important ingredient for well-being. Another satisfaction inducer, she says, is experiencing out-of-the-ordinary events, such as taking a vacation somewhere new and exciting, which will have a greater impact on happiness than everyday pleasures. Speaking of vacations, you can get even more happiness bang for your buck if you book your trip well in advance. Research published in the journal Applied Research in Quality of Life found that anticipating a getaway is just as enjoyable as the trip itself. So start planning your winter break now. Okay, I have to say, that's pretty cool. I didn't realize that. So there's research that if you just plan a trip, you're about as happy as taking the trip itself. So how cool is that? That's really awesome. And it makes sense to start putting together some information about where you want to go. Maybe your bucket list has lots of different destinations and you can start researching it. I know on Instagram... I have followed a lot of places that are destinations like St. Bart's, for example, and the Maldive Islands, just to see these beautiful pictures, beautiful turquoise waters, incredible huts out over the water that are luxurious and look down to beautiful tropical waters, clear as a bell. Those kinds of pictures make me really happy, and I love, I love just looking at them on Instagram. So looking at those pictures now makes sense because it's not just about planning or going, it's almost equally as pleasurable to plan your trip as to go on your trip. The article continues on. Professor Jeffrey Dew says, get on the same financial page with your partner to be happy. 15 years ago, Dew and his wife were colleagues in the mental health field, but partway into his career, Dew had a change of heart and decided to enroll at Penn State for a dual PhD in human development and family studies. His transition back to student life had major consequences. He and his wife lost their benefits and half their income. Quote, I wondered how the change in our financial situation might impact us as a couple, says the 38-year-old Du, who's now an associate professor in the Department of Family, Consumer, and Human Development at Utah State University. 
quote, I looked at the scientific literature and found that not many researchers had asked this question, so he decided to explore it himself, ultimately uncovering a major connection between money and marital happiness. Here were his key findings. In 2012, Dew and his colleagues analyzed data after following married couples over the course of five years. In an initial survey, the spouses were asked how often they fought about various topics, including money, chores, intimacy, and time spent together. Dew was particularly curious to see if any of those arguments correlated to divorce rates and found a striking trend. For men, money fights were the only conflict that predicted a split. For women, money and intimacy were equally loaded, but financial disputes were a much stronger divorce determinant. In fact, couples who argued about money several times per week were 37% more likely to divorce than those who only had financial spats once a month. Why are finances such a fraught subject? Do had a few guesses. Quote, money fights are frequently a stand-in for bigger relationship issues, he explains. On the surface, an argument might appear to be about overspending, but underneath it's a struggle over trust or power. Plus, if you're under financial duress, there's likely an added layer of stress to a relationship, and that can take a serious toll. So Dew and his team did a follow-up study in 2013 with 450 married and cohabiting couples with the goal of determining how happy couples combat financial pressures. Quote, we looked at the frequency of their financial management behaviors, such as creating a joint budget and putting money aside for retirement, he says. And what we found is that the more often couples engaged in sound financial practices together, the more likely they were to be happy. What does that say about making plans together as a couple? I often say that the biggest issue that couples have is just not communicating about how they want to spend money. One might be a spender, another part of the couple might be a saver, but they have also different objectives with their money. And yet, if you can understand what the objective is, for example, the saver might be concerned about retirement and might want to put more money aside for retirement, but the other spouse doesn't see it that way. They just think that the person doesn't want to spend money and that they're tight with money, perhaps. And the spender might want to do nice things for the family or feel like they're, you know, worried about their spouse being stressed out at work. So they're doing nice things for them and spending money here and there for nicer meals or meals out or something like that. And yet it can look like the spender is just blowing money and not they don't even get credit for trying to make the other spouse happy. So this communication about why you spend money and how you spend money and what your priorities are for money are super important. And in addition to that, talking about how you want to retire in the future is a major issue. Do you want to retire in the ski slopes or do you want to retire on the beach? Those are things that you need to talk about as a couple and really make sure that you're working toward. So communication is really so important. And this actually shows why that is. This research really backs that up. The article goes on to say how to boost your own bliss. The secret to happiness, according to Dew, 
is to get on the same financial page with your partner by opening the lines of communication as soon as possible. That's not to say you have to agree on everything. Quote, most issues can be worked through, although it will take compromise from both sides, Dew says. His suggestion is commit to money dates regularly, be it monthly or quarterly. And try sandwiching these financial discussions between two enjoyable activities so that they're less stressful. Consider opening a bottle of wine while you go over the numbers and then head to dinner or a movie afterward. One thing to focus on during your money date nights, a financial goal that's meaningful to both of you, such as saving for a dream trip to Hawaii two years from now or paying off your house by 2020. Quote, it's so easy for money to drive people apart, Du says. But by having a shared objective, you can instead use it to bring you closer together. End of article. Wow, I so agree with that. And the money dates are super important to just talk about money. And I love how he sandwiches them between other activities. So it's not the whole focus of your night. You don't have to drag it on and on and on, but you just can have a short little discussion in between doing something else fun. That sounds great. So I thought this was a very important article. There's lots of great tidbits in here. I'm going to include a link to the article in the show notes and on my website so that you have all of the details. You can go back and review and read this for yourself. There's a lot of great information in here that you're going to want to review and make sure that you're following because I think there's lots of great tips in here about how money actually can make you happy. Hey, have you heard? I'm having a big giveaway. You can win six awesome prizes. Five of the Wealthy Mindset Blueprint audio course, where I show how millionaires think the right thoughts for wealth before it happens. And that is valued at $197 each. Or a wealth journal, where you learn the six steps to wealth. And that's worth $67. Here's all you need to do. Just leave a review for the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio if you are using an Android. Like my Facebook fan page, not my regular page, but my fan page, please, at Linda P. Jones Fan Page on Facebook. And then follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Then send me an email and let me know you did it at lpjhome at gmail.com. All names will be dropped in a hat and a drawing will be done in early October for winners. If you're looking to get your net worth moving in the right direction faster, get my 11 quick financial tips to boost your wealth. There are 11 quick things anyone can do to get their net worth growing faster and to reach financial freedom faster. It's at lindapjones.com. If you haven't already hit the subscribe button, hit that button and get updated immediately when I have new podcasts uploaded. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.